Welcome to a new What's Up Welland, where today I have the pleasure of welcoming a new guest to the show. Joining me is Wolfgang Gimbel, the Executive Director for the Education Foundation of Niagara. As a new guest, I'm going to lean into those questions on the who, the how, the, the what you are doing here in Welland, here across Niagara. So rather than giving too much of a, of a heads up as to what we're talking about today, I'm going to let Wolfgang run with the questions that you know I'm going to be posing at him. And the, the timing of this episode is really opportune because we are chatting just ahead of Pink Shirt Day. And that that is a anti-bullying initiative that the Education Foundation of Niagara, EFN, has, uh, has some hand in. So without further delay, let's get to it with Wolfgang. Joining me today as a first-time guest on What's Up Welland is Wolfgang Gimbel, Executive Director for the Education Foundation of Niagara. What gets me excited about episodes like this is, uh, as, as a new guest, I get to learn something at the same time, maybe a little bit before uh, our listeners. So with the name and the word education in your title, Wolfgang, A, welcome to the show. B, Let's get educating our, ourselves, our listeners, on who you are, what you do, how, how you impact us in Welland and across Niagara. Well, good morning. Thanks for uh, having me. This sounds, it's going to be good. It, it really is going to be good. So first and foremost, sir, what is the Education Foundation of Niagara? So we are a charity that supports uh, students in the District School Board of Niagara, right across the entire region. And our number one mandate is to simply remove any barrier to education to a student that's for whatever reason not attending class. So the, our, our primary stakeholder is that student that is not being successful in the classroom or not attending the classroom because there's some thing, piece in the, in the way of that. So we rely heavily on uh, social workers, um, uh, LRTs, principals, vice principals, uh, people in their wheelhouse within the school system reaching out to us saying, we have this great student they're missing two to three days a week because of this thing. And that, that could take the form of apparel or glassware, eyewear. Um, it, it's, it's often something to do with something that doesn't make them feel comfortable coming to school or something that uh, prevents them just from being successful in the classroom, like, like eyewear or not attending a field trip because they don't know how to swim or... Um, it could it could be anything, and, and they're so different. There's no standard thing because every kid often has a different challenge, and the teachers in our system here in Niagara are just some of the best in the world. They're so good at their jobs, and they recognize things that aren't always obvious uh, at first glance. And they're great at reaching out, saying, "We need some help to solve this this problem," and we work then really hard to make sure. We solve that without the kid even knowing sometimes or the student even knowing and certainly without anyone else knowing, which makes it hard for us to celebrate in terms of raising money and saying, look what we did for Billy. You can't do that. We've done our best job when Billy doesn't even know that now he's able to get to school and be just like all the other kids. And that's the real magical part of it. Uh, so it's really fun. It's like almost like being sort of a Santa in a way where there's like this wish list and we just figure out how to make it seamless. It, well, exactly. You are these, you are these benevolent folks on the sidelines. And so you, you took the question away from me, but I'm still going to ask it in that I wanted to, as you were talking about 
uh, as you were talking about your mandate and how it is so all-encompassing, then you took my question away in the in the sense of what are, what are the success stories you can tell or are there success stories? But if you are so quiet about it, yeah, how do you celebrate? Or just knowing that your presence is making a difference, is that where the, that, that crux of celebration lies? So certainly we get great feedback then from the, the stakeholders and the people witnessing this, the, the child or the student getting to school. So you get, you get great feedback in that sense. You see it in, in, in real time when attendance levels change or success levels change in the classroom. And, and you know, we're there to play our, our role and it's not necessarily so that we see the win in the end that, that drives us. We know we're just enabling the educators to, to make sure they provide that best service and that best experience for, for the students. But there's so many great success stories. And, um, you know, just this year, there was a newcomer family, for example, that, um, you know, they've never experienced a real Canadian winter before. And sometimes the younger kids, they don't even know what to ask for if they don't have something. And we had a family sharing one winter jacket between four children. So the attendance was whichever child had the jacket that day went to school and the other three didn't. And, you know, we rallied with a group of donors to not just get them jackets, but we outfitted them with full winter gear for the whole family. And the first week, all kids are in attendance at, at school. And it seems simple, but now they're, they're all attending class. and. And this isn't my own personal interest in, in, in any of these services. Uh, we were talking earlier before the show about the other types of services that support kids uh, in the schools, like we were talking about Niagara Nutrition Partners and Food for Kids. These are organizations that help ensure kids have access to education. And you think of, in our world, our society, all the other problems we're trying to solve, the answer always comes back to education. You want to solve the housing crisis, you need educated People. You want to solve the environmental problems, you need educated people. If you want to solve the trajectory of children born into situations that are less advantageous, education is their path out. It's their way out of poverty. It's their way out of trouble. Education is always the solution. And those four kids, you never know if one of them is the future holder of the answer to curing cancer or solving climate change. And now we've given that opportunity to get that that education, and uh, you know it's it's great to to see that happen. So I love that idea of starting with education to solve problems. And as I warned you before we started recording, I'm really good at double-barreled questions. So here here's the first one coming your way. Um, with starting with that education at that level of education, do you find? EFN is more active in elementary schools or in secondary schools? And if we tie things back to and really localize things here in Welland, um, yeah, what, what do you see in Welland as that we have both schools, but is there one area or one age group that you tend to skew towards and find a lot more activity keeping you busy? Well, we support both groups. Before my time with the foundation, I feel like in the past it was a little bit more evenly distributed in the sense that if someone asked for a financial need for some reason, we just distributed the financial need. I've been trying to shape it a little bit more with, uh, 
you know, our board of directors has even been really great at seeing this, this change and this difference in that the elementary kids are not old enough to solve all of their own problems. So sometimes they need help that just looks more like, um, you know, a, a, something given to them, whether it's clothing or apparel or glasses. Whereas some of the secondary kids are, are they are old enough to be look at like to make changes themselves so they need to be more enabled so sometimes help for them is not just a new winter jacket help for them might be um a new uniform for this new job or a clean white shirt that they can wear to an interview or steel-toed boots so they can accept that that role so the things that are going to enable them to solve many of their own challenges we can give them those tools to start solving some of their own their own challenges and that's proven this year to be super effective actually so with going down that that path of how the problems get solved i want to flip that on its head in if the problem's identified what does that process look like to reach that solution what does the communication look like what does the something's been noted as so the students that the newcomers that did not have the winter jackets it was identified attendance was affected how did that reach the the foundation as something to work with partners to address and solve and then you had that success of now you have four students in complete attendance what are steps a b and c to get that that win uh it requires like great teamwork within the school and again i love bragging about the schools in niagara because they they just genuinely do a great job of connecting what I'll say, all the stakeholders, like that's a fancy word thrown around, but, you know, stakeholders, but we're talking about the relationship between the parent or the guardian or someone from social services who's making, looking out for these, these students. And then you combine that with uh, education assistants and resource teachers and vice principals. The Niagara schools have just beautiful infrastructure that allows them to all communicate freely about their concerns, their observations, and, um, between that team, it's 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 usually a very quick and direct email to the EFN that says we've identified this thing and we want to try to work together to to create the solution. And the solution's different for for every case, and 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 they're great. And very often, especially education assistants, um, I'm a huge champion of EAs. They also have their ear to the ground in a way that sometimes even the teachers don't and they often have a different type of relationship with the child and the child's parent or caregiver um so they have tremendous insight on what the real solution is it's not it's just not always super obvious so they might say you know this unique thing is going to actually have the biggest impact and it's far more pointed than us trying to guess from a boardroom or from an office what what that individual needs so it's a lot of people collaborating communicating working together to bring a a solution forward that's fantastic and i think that's true just like even just with the way curriculum is delivered like we have the same onus to all students even the ones that aren't in financial need or some kind of dire situation but we have this we have this responsibility to educate all children and i think you know that the teachers in niagara are just they're just remarkable in how they work together with their administration team and uh, their support staff it's we've even had We've even had um, caretakers who, at least historically, when I remember going to school, which was like 2,000 years ago, was they're not always identified as a, 
as a role player or a stakeholder. That's that person in the background. But I mean, at, at the schools that I'm most familiar with, the caretaker is very much part of the fabric and the ecosystem of the school. They know the kids' names. They know many of the kids' needs. And often they've been involved in like recognizing something that wasn't always obvious. And, and you know, they come forward and say, look, if we create this opportunity or provide this thing, I think that student could be more successful or more happy or more included. And uh, I love that. I just love seeing everybody being proud of their role and, and contributing to the to the success. It's really great. It is. This is this is a fantastic, fantastic conversation. And it's timely because we got the ball rolling on let's let's get a what's up Welland conversation going in advance of Pink Shirt Day, which is February twenty eighth this year. And Pink Shirt Day plays into anti-bullying, which given how all-encompassing your mandate at the foundation is, how does uh, the Education Foundation, through its Niagara teachers, through the DSBN, how are, you, how are you celebrating? How are you acknowledging Pink Shirt Day? But then through the rest of the year, it's one day, but bullying is a... Bullying exists. How are you working with your school board partners to address that and whether it's through curriculum whether it's through programming whether it's through whatever services what does that look like through the foundation i think in in our role we spend a lot of time enabling kids to be included just generally so that there's fewer opportunities for them to be to be you know separated for for how they are for how they're different so for example we run the swim to survive program um most years for the school board and that's that's one of those things where we're trying to make sure it's an important life skill we want to make sure that every kid can swim enough to feel comfortable in the water or survive in the case of an emergency but that's one of those things where if you're on a school field trip or it's even just a birthday party and you're the one kid who can't swim that's an easy opportunity for this thing like bullying to to emerge and if you're the kid that doesn't have uh, a jacket or a toque or doesn't have real shoes or doesn't have winter boots. Those all become easy targets in the world of bullying. So we try to just remove some of those things to to minimize the opportunities maybe that are available uh, to a bully. But, um, you know, our programming is not as directed directly to the notion of, of anti-bullying. I think we're enabling teachers to do that job in many ways. And... Um, and I've seen great examples um, in our schools of, of trying to create that more inclusive, uh, inclusive space for kids, which minimizes those those opportunities for bullying. But it's uh, it's a super great cause. I love the notion of uh, of Pink Shirt Day. Well, it just it sounds like what the foundation is all about is identify, provide, work with, and basically empower empower folks with what they need to address a a problem at hand and you you are seeing it play out you are seeing those successes through however many layers of partnership yeah and you were were talking earlier about success stories uh twice now this year we've been contacted by students who wanted to raise money for the education foundation specifically because and these were elementary kids they've recognizing that there's an opportunity to make everybody more included and, um, you know, that speaks directly to the answer to things like, like bullying. And I hope, if not directly, I hope indirectly we're encouraging kids to be 
a little bit more curious. And I love the differentiation. I'm a Ted Lasso fan. So the whole, uh, you know, be curious, not judgmental. Every chance I get to talk to kids about it, uh, I love it because all of us have an opportunity to be more curious. And I had a great chat with my daughter. She's seven. Uh, she had an opportunity where she could, she actually had a, she had a rash on her face that she was really embarrassed about. And so we had this great conversation about not only, not only should we be curious when you see something you don't recognize, but also enable other people to be curious about you. So bullying, I think, can be stifled sometimes, even if you just don't immediately react or take offense to what's said. Instead, allow that person to be curious. Because some questions could come across. Like if someone says, oh, what's wrong with you? As if, in kid language, that's a, it could be a direct line to some form of bullying. But if you also recognize, you can just take that question in and be like, well, I got a, an allergic reaction to this thing. You've just given that kid a chance to be like, oh, gee, I had that too once. And then it, it just went from like, oh, you don't look like me to, oh, I remember when I had that. And so I think if we teach kids to be curious and also how to enable other kids to be curious, it, it, can, it can mitigate a lot of those, a lot of those things. And, and uh, you know, I was thinking about before the show about how to speak to the good parts of Pink Shirt Day. I think it, it just opens up that conversation. It's like a celebration of being, being different and uh, it makes it easier to talk about this idea of being curious. Okay, so I think... I think curious is the best way to wind down. I think that is the best thread to use to wind down today's chat. If people are curious about the Education Foundation of Niagara, where where do they get more information? How do they themselves exercise that curiosity to become, beyond listening to, to what we're talking about today, how do they become more informed and, and educated about the EFN? Uh Publicly right now, our number one communication tool for uh, for better or for worse is it was is Instagram for sure. So we're at Education Foundation of Niagara. Very very sexy handle. It's very short and easy to remember. But if you Google Education Foundation of Niagara, you you will find our our site, which is currently being rebuilt. We're very excited for a more uh, informative and engaging uh, website. But uh, we're relatively interactive on social and that's you know a fast real-time place for us to to put the message out and 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 solicit uh interest and attention from from people all right well as we post this episode i will be sure to include that very enticing but it's easy to remember handle (laughs) and that's i mean what there's nothing wrong with easy to remember it gets it gets eyes on the on the feed um Wolfgang, thank you so much for joining the What's Up Welland conversation today and for bringing Education Foundation of Niagara to the show. Thanks very much. It's great. It was a pleasure hosting Wolfgang on the show today, and I'm so appreciative that he brought awareness of the Education Foundation of Niagara to all of our listeners. These are great episodes because it's that opportunity to delve into an organization that already exists, but is anew in terms of we getting to learn about them and what they do and how they have an impact here in Welland and across Niagara. 
Uh, they are active on Instagram, so check them out if if you're as curious as as I was going into the episode, and as I continue to be now that now that it's winding down. Um, if that curiosity extends to this show, you can always find out more about us, past episodes, future episodes at engagewelland.ca/podcast, and stick with us as we as this year continues to play out. <laughs>